Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Governor Romney, I'm glad that you recognize that Al-Qaeda is a threat. Because a few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. Not Al-Qaeda. You said Russia. In the 1980s or now calling to ask for their foreign policy back because, you know, the Cold War's been over for 20 years. The 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back. It was October 22nd of 2012. Romney's response was this. Russia, I indicated, is a geopolitical foe. Not a, Number one. Not, excuse me. It's a geopolitical foe. And I said in the same in the same paragraph, I said, and Iran is the greatest national security threat we face. Dana Bash yesterday on CNN raised the subject with now Senator Mitt Romney. He said this. I have clear eyes on this. I'm not going to wear rose colored glasses when it comes to Russia or Mr. Putin. I don't need to tell you that you were mocked for saying that. Thoughts now? Well, first of all, uh, politics is a uh, extraordinarily interesting game. Uh, as you know, President Obama didn't quote what I actually said. What I said was uh, Russia was a geopolitical foe. I didn't say they were a threat. Uh, and a geopolitical foe, they obviously were and continue to be because Russia continues to fight us in every venue they have. They support the world's worst actors, uh, whether Assad in Syria, Maduro in Venezuela, Kim Jong-un in, in uh, North Korea. This is what they do. They basically poke us in the eye everywhere they can. McKay Coppins writing for The Atlantic, having just interviewed Senator Romney on Saturday. It's posted at Smirconish.com. It was in today's newsletter and is now in all of my social media. McKay, thanks so much for coming back to the program. So you caught up with Senator Romney. What most impressed you about the conversation you had with him? Well, you know, I wondered if he wanted to kind of take a victory lap, given that so many people have been saying over the past few days uh, and really the past few years that he's been vindicated in his comments. He didn't seem especially interested in taking a victory lap. To be honest, uh, you know, he's obviously very concerned about what's happening in Ukraine. He's pleased. He told me that uh, people are finally seeing uh, the, the threat that Russia poses. Uh, but what he told me is that that what, what happened in 2012, the mockery he received for for warning about Russia uh, was really just symptomatic of a broader U.S. failure over the past several presidential administrations, Republican and Democrat, to take Russia seriously and to clearly see what Vladimir Putin's intent was. 
And, uh, and, you know, he wasn't really interested in dunking on Obama or anything. He was really uh, wanted to talk about how this was a, a broader systematic failure of U.S. foreign policy over the past couple of decades. He doesn't strike me as a guy looking to dunk on anybody. I mean, isn't isn't he more <laughs> of the, the Bush 41 don't go bragging yeah. on yourself school of thought? That's right. I mean, he's more and he's really interested in the substance. It was funny, like. To the extent that he wanted to relitigate any of this in 2012, he really just wanted to talk about the substance of his argument. He, you know, he, he wasn't that interested in relitigating what the media said or what this commentator said or that commentator said. He, he wanted to return to uh, the 2012 debate and say, OK, well, this is what I said about Russia. And I think we need to be thinking about how what are our next steps? Um, you know, I remember that moment in the debate because I was a reporter covering that debate. And I was in, you know, that massive media filing center they had, sure. those presidential yeah. debates. And I remember when Obama said that, uh, there were a lot of, you know, even in the media, people were kind of like, they, they made, there, there was some laughter and also some like, oh, man, that's, a, that, that's such a burn. You know, there was this idea that it was such a devastating put down. And it was in keeping with a broader strategy at the time in 2012 where the Obama campaign was really working to cast Mitt Romney as out of touch and leave it to Beaver, kind of throwback to a different era. And so, you know, I think politically it was an effective line, uh, but it was, it, it was, as Mitt Romney said, kind of uh, blind to the realities of what Vladimir Putin was trying to accomplish and what he was set out to do. McKay, I was glad that you, you asked him the question about how people have switched sides. Talk about that. Yeah, well, that, that was what was so interesting, right? Because in 2012, Republicans were widely seen as much more hawkish on Russia than Democrats were. And that's, you know, that, that, that dynamic was playing out in that debate that you played the clip from at the beginning. Um, since 2012, if you look at the state of U.S. politics when it comes to Russia, it's almost exactly the opposite, right? Because of Donald Trump's uh, coziness with Putin his friendship with Putin because of what Russia did in the 2016 election. Um, there has been an almost 180 degree turnaround, both among Democrats and Republicans. Democrats now widely see Russia as a serious geopolitical threat. Many prominent Democrats have actually come out and apologized to Mitt Romney for their past criticism of him. Uh, while Republicans now are, are, you know, at the very least, uh, tending toward a kind of more isolationist response to what's happening in, in Ukraine, and in many cases are actually celebrating Putin, uh, praising him for his audacity, for his, uh, you know, strong leadership. Uh, in the days and weeks leading up to Russia's invasion uh, of Ukraine, you saw Donald Trump do a, a radio interview where he praised uh, Putin for his savvy uh, you saw a lot of uh, kind of conservative commentators, uh, you know, really almost seem like they were siding with Russia. And when I asked Mitt Romney about that, he said, like, you know, I, I hope that the reality of what we're seeing on the ground in, in Ukraine and the kind of tragedy of it will will get to some in my party. But he also said, you know, this is symptomatic of a broader move toward authoritarianism among some in my party. And. Uh, he's very clear-eyed about that. He, say, he, he said, you know, I read history, and I know that for the vast majority of human history, uh, the default has been authoritarianism. It's been strong men and tyrants and kings 
uh, manipulating the masses and seizing power for themselves and oppressing people. And it concerns me that so many in the conservative movement right now and in the Republican Party are willing to flirt with, if not outright embrace authoritarianism. And so, you know, you know he, 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 he's clearly paying attention to that phenomenon. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. To my ear, paying attention to CPAC this weekend, Trump got more of a reaction talking about the the dumb American leaders than when he, in a limited way, was critical of Putin for having gone into yeah. Ukraine. It's like very interesting which one stirs at least that part of the crowd. And I think what you're mm-hmm. saying is that sadly, instead of just looking and seeing that there was this authoritarian invasion of a democratic company and picking your side, many here in the States are instead saying, oh, well, let's see. Trump said nice things about Putin. Therefore, yeah. I better keep my powder dry. That never mm-hmm. used to be the case. But that's the case now. That's absolutely right. And I mean, if you watched Fox News in the weeks leading up to this this war, this invasion, you would see some of the most prominent media personalities saying, oh, Zelensky looks pathetic and, uh, you know, Russia's strong and this has nothing to do with us. And uh, and that I think people who maybe weren't paying close attention to politics before 2016, which frankly, a lot of people are probably in that camp, don't realize how scrambled the politics are on this. Because before, you know, just a few years ago, uh, it it was kind of at least a wide-held consensus among Republicans and Democrats that whatever you thought about Russia and Putin and what, what the U.S. foreign policy should be toward Russia, you at least would agree that it was, uh, you know, a country bordering on or if not outright in authoritarianism and that Putin was a bad guy. I even remember writing a story in the lead up to the 2016 Republican primaries about how all these Republican candidates were vying to be the most overtly anti-Putin candidate. 
because Putin seemed like the, this obvious geopolitical bad guy that, uh, that you should be against. And that's not really the case anymore. At least it wasn't up until, you know, a few days ago. We'll see what happens now that the situation is developing in Ukraine. I went back uh, Friday and reread the the transcript, the unofficial transcript of the Trump Zelensky quote unquote perfect call. Mm. It, put, it puts it in a totally different light now that you see the way no Zelensky has been been so admirable. I think in the last couple of days, um, and you remind us in your interview with Senator Romney, he was the only Republican senator to vote for Donald Trump's impeachment in that first go round. But he didn't he didn't really take a victory lap there either, did he? Not really, except to say that, you know, he has a so, yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting to revisit that whole that that whole episode. And remember that most of the Republican Party was either defending that phone call that that where Trump uh, was trying to withhold arms for Ukraine uh, in exchange for political favors. And, and, you know, some were at least ignoring it. Um, Mitt Romney was the only one to vote to impeach Trump. And he didn't want to take a victory lap there. But he did say that he had, I, I think in his words, were a very sensitive antenna when it comes to authoritarian personalities, whether that's Vladimir Putin or, frankly, Donald Trump. You can't equate the two, obviously. But, you know, in Mitt Romney's view, both of them have similar instincts, similar ideas about power, similarly autocratic personalities and styles. And, you know, I, in a way, you could say that Romney, I think, has been doubly vindicated, uh, you know, not just for his views about Russia and Putin, but also being one of very few prominent Republicans to remain consistently opposed to Donald Trump. And And, and he sees himself as somebody who has a very strong aversion to uh, authoritarianism that he, he, you know, he said, I don't think I'm necessarily unique in that regard, but I think if you look at the Republican landscape right now, he might, he might actually be more unusual than he's willing to admit. McKay, a final question. What kind of a vibe you've covered him uh, in the past? What kind of a vibe do you get in terms of his comfort level with his current role? I mean, I, I have to say, I look at Mitt Romney and I say, Oh my God, you know, couldn't this guy be doing more than just being in the U.S. Senate? Um, you, know. <laughs> you know, I mean, people don't realize because he looks so kind of young and healthy, he's in his mid-70s. And I think that he sees himself as kind of, it. you know, he's in the twilight of his career, right? And I think yeah. he, he's glad to be in the middle of the action. He thinks his voice is important. He still wants to try to kind of save his party, uh, from the grips of Trumpism and kind of authoritarianism. And so he sees this as a worthwhile project to be pursuing in these kind of last years of his career. Uh, but, you know, I, I have to believe that it's it's exhausting and isolating at times. Um, and, and so, you know, I'll be interested to see how how what he decides to do about reelection in a couple of years and, and how he spends these next couple of years. He doesn't age. I mean, he's one of these guys who just doesn't. There's a, there's a member, there's a member of Congress from Philadelphia named Brendan Boyle. Look him up when, when the call ends, he's like Romney. Like you just cannot believe his age when you look at him. But Romney is, Romney is like that. Maybe it's a life well lived. Who knows? Hey, you know that I, you know that I'm living. Yeah, it it probably is. It probably is. Hey, maybe maybe there's you know hope for you looking like that in your mid seventies as well. <laughs> yeah. he, he unfortunately looks better than I do in my mid thirties, so I, I don't know if I uh, if I'm going to have benefits the same way. 
Uh, McKay, thank you so much. When you write things, I'm always, if I see your name on the, you know what I'm trying to say. I always read your stuff and I appreciate it. So thank you very much for that. Hey, thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. McKay Coppins' piece is in the Atlantic and right now posted in all of my uh, social media. I, I have one more uh, uh, clip uh, that I want to play from from Governor, now Senator Romney. He's talking in this instance. He's still on with Dana Bash, and he's talking now about you know those in his party who see it differently relative to Vladimir Putin. Listen to this. The pro-Putin sentiment that you are seeing from some corners of your party. Well, a lot of those people are, are changing their stripes as they're seeing uh, the, uh, the response of the world and the political response here in the U.S. But how anybody, how anybody in this country which loves freedom can side with Vladimir Putin, which is an oppressor, a dictator, he kills people, uh, he, 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 he imprisons his political opponents, uh, he has been an adversary of America at every uh, chance he's had. It's unthinkable to be. It's it's almost treasonous. And uh, and it, it just makes me ill uh, to see some of these people do that. But of course, they do it because they think it's shock value and it's going to yeah. get the more eyeballs yes. and maybe make a yes. little more money for them. Right. Or their network. Uh, it's uh, it's disgusting. And I'm 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 hopeful that you're seeing some of those people recognize just how wrong they were. Uh, I, I mean, it is so true. So true. And I and I have to say, I tonight I will watch Tucker. I will watch Tucker at eight o'clock because I just want to see how much of this, the characterization as a border dispute, that's who he's talking about. Is he going to take back? I agree with everything Mitt Romney just said. He said it so beautifully. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.